thank you, thank you. God, you're so good, and I just know that you desire to break strongholds. God, I just just have to share what I was seeing. I'm back, and I'm worshiping, and I'm praying in the Spirit, and I'm just just moving my hands back and forth. And as I'm doing this and going from side to side, I'm just seeing just walls crumbling to the ground. And the Lord is just breaking stuff, and it's just so good. So he's He's doing a work, and, and we just want to say yes and amen. We want to agree with the work that he's doing. Just let, the, just let those walls, those strongholds, just crumble away. And it's by his power, it's supernatural, just... They're just falling apart. <laughs> it's so beautiful. So how we're going to start start off with this this time here, this teaching time. Um, we, uh, we went to the citywide prayer gathering this past Thursday at Coke Arena and somewhere over a thousand people or something like that. I don't know a final count or anything like that, but just the body of Christ from all over the city, different denominations, um, all focusing on the supremacy of Christ and his rule and reign, coming together to just pray for the city, praying for unity in the body of Christ, praying that that walls would would, would crumble and that the body of Christ would function as one, as Christ and, and the Father are one. And so uh, what we want to do is give a little bit of a, I'll just call it a watchman report of uh, kind of what's happening in the city with that um, and, and what the Lord showed us. There's a few of us that are here that attended there, and if uh, James or Stephanie, you guys were there as well, if you want to share a little bit of a watchroom report, what you saw the Lord doing or what he was showing you that he was doing, that's the time. We're going to share a little bit of this, and so Kim, I'm going to let you go first if that's okay, and then I'll have Jonathan go, and then if either of you want to share, come up, and then I'll share what the Lord showed me, and that'll lead into our teaching time, and so Kim, go ahead and come up, and go ahead and stand right here so that the people in YouTube land can see it you as well. Morning, guys. Uh, So I really just wanted to share, just leading up to citywide prayer, I was praying, 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 just really pressing in to what the Lord had to say about what he was doing. And what he showed me is he showed me he was, you know, we sing this song, Let It Rain, um, and open the floodgates of heaven but what he showed me is that he's getting ready to crack open something fresh and new it was the word he was using as fresh fresh anointing fresh identity um all throughout the city and that um what he was doing here is pouring out his glory so that this would be a place that's no longer known as a city of murder um as it has been known for so long um but a place where his glory flows freely and so just it was just all about freshness and when we were there man i felt something crack open when we left it was starting to like storm and stuff and it was just it was such a beautiful affirmation of what he's doing it's interesting that interesting that kim talked about preparation um because uh, as I was driving to work that day, it's on a Thursday, so you know, it's a work day, I'm driving to work, and I just had this prayer in my heart, Lord, I want to have my antenna up today. You know, not that I don't want to, you know, other times, but, you know, just, you know, sometimes you listen to the radio on the way to work, it's just shut it off. I just, all day long today, I want to have a concentrated focus to have my antenna up today. And so, um, 
just as we as we prayed there, um, kind of the uh, the format that we followed was praying through the Lord's Prayer. So we took it phrase by phrase, and as we broke up into small groups, and we we prayed through the Lord's Prayer. And so. Um, the, uh, the, the first thing that we prayed on was about, um, Father Horton, I don't be the name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as we began to pray on that specific topic, just like Kim said, I could just sense there was just a palpable change in the environment of what was going on. It was really powerful. And as I was praying during that time, um, a few things that that came to me during that was um, just particularly around the phrase of on earth as it is in heaven. You know, as we think about that, that makes heaven the standard. That means heaven's the norm. That's the way it should be. And then, you know, and just praying that the norms of heaven would be established here on the earth and in our lives. And so just it made me think about what you taught on several weeks ago um, about heaven and just thinking about, you know, that that we would connect with what that looks like, with what that means, what the norms of heaven are. Um, a couple more quick things. Later on, uh, Sam McVeigh, who was kind of the facilitator of the, of the session, made this statement. It really... It hit my heart. It said, there has been a mission of division in the body of Christ, and we must see it eradicated. And um, just as we, as we were there in unity, that was a really strong statement. And um, you, you could even hear in, in Sam's uh, talking just his personal journey with unity and the struggles and the victories that he's had. And so um, as, as, as things were ending, I, I happened to be seated down on the, on, near the first row. So everybody was up behind me and I just made a, I don't know if it was a conscious effort, but I just turned around at the end as, as everybody was getting ready to leave. And, um, I I could just see everybody. And the thing that came to my heart was this is the body of Christ in Wichita. This is the body of Christ in Wichita. He talked about people looking weird and being weird and things like that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? But that's the body of Christ in Wichita, and just thanking him for the body of Christ. Um, one final thing later on, uh, I, was, I was looking at something on, on Twitter, and, and Bob Sorge, who is a, a person in the worship community, posted this. He said, I can say I love you to believers I'm meeting for the first time because of the fervent love we have for one another. It's not based on how well we know the person, it's but because of Christ. And it's, it's based on 1 Peter 1.22, and it says, Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. And I thought, man, that's just a, that's just a great book into the whole thing for me. Just fervently loving my brothers in Christ from the heart as we pursue the Lord together, as we yearn for revival, as we yearn for his presence. And um, those are the things that touch my heart. Do you guys have anything you want to share? All right. Um, Well, I, you know, I felt like the Lord was really showing me a picture of unity. Um, You know, from John 17, it's, you know, when Jesus prayed for for us, he said, Father, I want those you have given me. Um, actually, let me go back. Um, my prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me um, 
because of their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May, be, may they be brought to perfect unity um, so the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them my glory and that you gave me and that they may be one as, as you are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to perfect unity uh, to let the world know that you sent me and I have loved them even as you have loved me. And then it goes on to say, Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. And I felt like, the, so the Lord showed me this picture all night. I just saw, I saw light um, on his church and I saw light um, going out because we were in this dome, you know, in this building. And, and um, some of us, sometimes we want to pray, God, let your light shine on us so that the world may see. And I felt like the Lord said, no, it, it's, that you are one and then your light shines out of you so the world sees. And I just got this picture of, of this cracking, like you said, I saw that and it was at a certain point and the significant point where he was showing his love out of the body to shine bright out through a crack was when the, um, there was a Lutheran pastor that hadn't been to these before. And if you guys have been with us, it's been rough breaking into some of these denominations and getting them to be one and and united with us in prayer and lifting up Christ. And, and I felt it break. I heard a crack and I saw a light shoot out of this place and that that's unity and it's light shining out from us. So the world may see his glory that he has given Christ, that Christ has given us so that his love will be seen. And this is what he is doing as he's bringing us together. And so it's not going to be a neat and tidy thing, but we're breaking in, we're breaking breaking in and we need to keep pressing in so the body is one and we are all one. And, and so that was one thing the Lord showed me. And then the other is that what comes with that light breaking out is the life of Christ and that we are see, we bear his life when we go out. And so this isn't a nice little place for us to get together and have fun, but we are to carry his very life out into darkness and we are life carriers and that he is bringing life on death and we are to look at face to face, eye to eye, mouth to mouth, and we are to say, come alive, come alive. And that that is what we carry out from those places. So I felt like that whole evening I was a little bit distracted. Our, our kids were with us and trying to, you know, they were a little noisier than normal. And, and so I was just really trying to all right, Lord, there's something I think you're doing tonight. And, um, but I had a really hard time just focusing in on it. And there, but there was one moment, uh, that I felt like there was just this locked in moment with the Lord. And, uh, and I actually, I mean, I could talk a lot more about it, but I felt like there was actual a continuation of some of that going on this morning. Um, and so anyway, at this point there was, um, the, I felt like the Lord just really heavy, heavy there. And, um, and I was just, I don't know, some, sometimes I question if this is my mind, but sometimes I question if this is the Lord just speaking through my strange thoughts. But, um, I became very aware that we're in a, a round building and that there is no real true side. And so what, uh, and then it was like, and then I was really like, Lord, this, it seems like you're doing great things, but it's not, um, bubbling up like it has in these other 
times we've gathered to pray. And, and he began to show me, he said, this is, that's because it's not even for you here. And he said, what it's, it's coming down and it was immediately dissipating, dispersing into the city in every direction because this, it's a round building. And I saw it go out over to the east and, and specifically into that uh, neighborhood that's to the west. It was like the streets became veins and blood began to push through those veins. And it wasn't into the churches and it wasn't into all those things. It was, it was into the streets where people are. And so that tells me the Lord is, is doing a thing in his church that's going to send them out and instead of, uh, you know, collect and gather. And that's good. It's so good that we're here this morning as the body, but that we are, we are out at the same time. And then that's where the spirit of God is going. And therefore, if we're going to be in step with him, we must go also. But it was, yeah, it was a dissipation. And so if there's a breaking, there's a, you know, it was just a, he's like, I'm, I'm doing stuff outside this building is really the, the impression that I got. And this is good, but guess what? I'm answering every one of your prayers right now. And I'm, sending it out and so yeah good Good. yes I knew you wouldn't mind sharing yeah I want to just encourage just one more thing I just have to encourage you guys I um I just love you all like I I don't want to be off topic but I feel like the Lord wants to just exhort you guys here and in what you're doing um and just in the worship always so sweet in his presence and when you speak when you teach it's like the presence of God just falls and I just begin to feel him and weep in in love for him and I just grow in intimacy to him when I'm here and so I just want to encourage you guys in that and just just blow his life on you because what what is happening here is sweet. It's sweet. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. We love you. We love you. <clears throat> so I'm blown away because what is written on my in my iPad was given to me that uh, Thursday night. And just everything that the Lord was speaking and saying to everybody. It just, it all, it just all lined up, almost like in order. <laughs> and so here's, here's what the Lord told me. He said, you are carriers of heaven. <laughs> and that just blew my mind. He said, you're vessels of glory. You're vessels carrying my glory into the, or, into the earth, and you're sourcing from a heavenly place to be carriers of heaven into the earth. And just as James was talking about, he, the going out, the light, the going out, the going out into the streets, that's the body of Christ. That's us as individuals. We, he has filled us with his glory. He has marked us. He has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. And he, is, he has given us this um, ministry of reconciliation we're ambassadors of Christ as though God is making his appeal through us. And so as we go out, as, as we're interacting in our different spheres of influence, I taught about this, we are literally carrying heaven with us because the spirit of God lives in us and we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we can go into the darkest places to the most hopeless places and bring in a presence bring in a new kingdom. We can, we can enter into the kingdom of the air 
the, the world where Satan rules and we can step into and bring with us a new rule and a new reign and a new Lord and a new power and a new dynamic that the people who were function, functioning under a certain set of rules and laws that were governed by the principalities and the rulers of this earth, we can step in with a new king, with a new kingdom and we proclaim the gospel which is heralding good news that the kingdom of God is here and we step in and we proclaim and we take back. And that's what we're doing as carriers of heaven. The Lord wants to release the kingdom of God through us everywhere we go, living in sync with his heart and his ways, obedient to the spirit in us, releasing heaven on earth in all things. And this is what he showed me during this time. I just... Is one of those things where, you know, you're, you're worshiping and you're praying and some, you know, the, the guy down is, is praying and I'm on my phone and people probably think I'm this distracted guy, but I'm just taking notes because I'm getting download and I'm, I'm typing this all out. And um, I just, this is, this is what he was showing me and speaking. And, uh, and I began to question myself if I really believed that about myself. And I, I had to say, God, but do I really believe that? Is it really part of my identity? Have I accepted it as my identity? And I began to question. And, uh, and I felt like from the shepherd's heart, so if we, talked about, if we talk about last week, um, I talked a little bit about the shepherd's heart for us, and he wants to shift our thinking. And we're still coming at it from that way because the Lord is hes showing me, first of all, me, I'm not fully in sync and understanding that that's who I am and that's what my purpose is on this earth. I still see myself oftentimes through the, through the lens and the identity of what I do. As in, I'm a graphic designer, and I do web and multimedia and, and podcasting and salty dogs and all these other things that describe how I spend the majority of my time. I sit at a desk, and I work for, I'm an employee, and I see myself through that lens, and I function from that place on a daily basis, and I've made my workplace something that's in the way of everything else versus seeing my workplace as a place where the kingdom of heaven wants to come. I need the shift. I'm saying it with my mouth. I need my mind to believe what the Spirit is telling me. I need to convince myself of this, right? Because it's truth, and there are things that I believe. And so there's a statement that says that the things we believe determine how we act, or the things we think determine how we act. As a man thinks, so he is. And so looking at this identity is the Lord saying, you are carriers of heaven. You are oaks of righteousness on display for my glory and for my splendor, right? You are oaks. We're, we're here and we are these people that he's changed our lives. He's infused his love and his spirit in us and something has happened to where the kingdom dynamic is starting to take over and it's flushing out all of the old and it's ushering in all of the new and we're beginning to live as though the kingdom of God is on earth as it is in heaven. But that's a process and we have to continually come into agreement with what God the Father has proclaimed over his children and over his, his body, his chosen vessel to take forth the glory of the Lord into the earth, 
Remember, I, I quoted the scripture a couple weeks back, and I think it's like Habakkuk 2.4 or something like that, where it says, as surely as the waters cover the earth, so shall the glory of the Lord cover the earth. And so the Father's using us as the chosen vessels. So I look at that, and I say, do I truly believe it? And not only do I believe it, but do I live it out? And this isn't a works based situation here. I'm not trying to say you need to live this way and then then this, that, or the other. This isn't an if-then-else statement. This is a statement of identity. And I, I want to believe, and the Father wants us to believe and come into agreement with what he's saying about us because he's saying to me and he's saying to you, you've not been agreeing. And it's true. If we think about the way that we think about ourselves, what are the thoughts we typically have towards ourselves? I think more often we consider our inabilities than we do the abilities we have in Christ. I think oftentimes we consider our inadequacies versus that we are adequate in Christ. I think oftentimes we consider our, our lack of X, Y, and Z more than we consider that all things are possible to him who believes. And so we've... we've done a disservice to ourselves by believing things that aren't what the Father has said about us and is saying about us. And so I'm, I'm so excited to, to, to give that and to speak that identity over you, and I'm excited for the Spirit of God to work in you to bring you to full belief and agreement with what He is saying about you, because that changes everything. And I need the shift, we talked about that, the shift more than anybody, I need the shift. Because oftentimes I see the daily grind more than I see the mission of God in my life. And I think we can all fall into that trap sometimes. And so our sermon title this morning is Mind Control. And... Uh, <laughs> It was just funny because I had different, I was saying, okay, well, we'll call it carriers of heaven. It's like, no, I'm focusing more on thoughts. And, and then I was like, well, maybe we'll call it, you know, judging your thoughts. And I was like, no. And then I was like, okay, God, what do you want it, what do you want it to be? And he said, mind control. And I was like, that's kind of fun. It's like, ooh, mind control. Um, I, think it's, I think it's amazing that the Lord would, would move us in that, in that direction. Um, because he's talking about getting our thoughts under control and that he wants us to essentially, we need to submit our thoughts in our mind, so our thoughts and our attitudes, of our mind, our heart, our soul, we need to submit that to the Father. And as we submit it to the Father, we're submitting to the Spirit. And then the Spirit leads and guides our soul and our flesh. And so... I, uh, I want to start by reading Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. And this is just going to touch real quick on, on more identity as who we are in Christ. It says, but because of his great love for us, okay, whose love? His, God's. So who did this? God did this. Did we do anything? We did nothing. 
Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. So the, a beautiful picture of the gospel of, of Christ here is that while we were dead in our transgressions, we, we were sinful, we were separated from God, we were enemies of God. All of our brokenness, all of our lack, all of our doubts, all of our fears, all of our inadequacies, we talked about this last week, that in that weakness, as we humble ourselves, Jesus Christ infuses his power into that situation and brings us to life where there's death. He brings hearing where people can't hear. He brings sight where there's blindness. He brings hope where there's hopelessness. He gives the oil of gladness for mourning, right? This is what the Father does. Again, real quick, at the very beginning of, uh, of the, the Bible, we see that the Spirit of God was hovering over the, fo- the void. There was darkness and there was void. And then he speaks light into the void. And this is, the, um, this is kind of the, what would I call it, the pattern of the Father where he infuses something into nothing. And he takes where there was nothing and he brings something. He infuses substance to where there was lack. And so as broken vessels, as weak individuals, we have weaknesses, we have faults and flaws, we submit ourselves to the Father, and he infuses that which he wants in that place. We don't work to try and build that up, he puts it there when we humble ourselves, and he exalts us, right? So because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead. So he infuses life into dead situations, and it is by grace you've been saved, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. This is a very foundational scripture, I believe, for the life and the identity of a Christian, a believer in Christ. Where are we seated? In the heavenly places in Christ. With Christ and seated us with him. So we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Do we die and go to heaven? We do. The death we died in Christ was our death. And although those who believe in Christ, they'll die, they will live. And so our life is seated with him. So we are right now supernaturally, spiritually seated in the heavenly realms because of what Christ has done. And so we have a heavenly dwelling and our citizenship is in heaven. It's not in earth. And so what, I mean, so we're here now physically. And oftentimes, and just even on a daily basis for me, I so much see the world through these things, these physical, these physical eyes. But as we were singing earlier, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. So just as our spirit, or just as our body has eyes and we can speak and we can hear and we can, we can smell and we can touch and feel, I believe also that our spirit also has eyes, ears, nose, mouth, right? Feeling, senses. We discern with our spirit. It means we, we feel, we make judgments. We, uh, we have the mind of Christ. That's a supernatural mind. Open the eyes of my heart so I can see you. The, the, the blind will see. That's much, as much spiritual as it is physical. The deaf will hear. He who has ears, let him hear. Everybody has physical ears, but not everybody has spiritual ears opened. And so what I'm trying to say is that we need, again, if we're going to believe that we're carriers of heaven, we need, to be, we need to continually source from heaven, that heaven is the standard, as Jonathan was saying earlier. And so I just want to ask the question. I know that's kind of a lot to throw out, but 
For me, it makes this Christian walk, this what I'm a part of, it excites me because I've never really considered what that means and how it's supposed to, to play out on earth. But it's a, Christ did it. Christ left the heavenly, right? He functioned in the earth, but also sourcing from a heavenly place by the spirit in him and has given us that spirit to be able to do the same thing. Jesus said that you will do the things that I've done and you'll do even greater, right? And so I just have to pose the question, what have we believed about who we are in Christ? And so I think it's, uh, I think it's very important that we, we take account, we do a, a, a mind inventory of the things that we've believed versus the things that have been said about us with, in, in Scripture and what the Father has spoken over us and our identity, and so this is all part of the work of, of sanctification. It's part of the work that the Father's doing in us, and he's continuing to infuse us with kingdom understanding, and he's flushing out our worldly thoughts and our worldly ways. And so there's this continual thing, and I just believe that, that what I'm about to talk about right now is something that we just don't need to do today, but we need to do it every single day. And I personally need discipline by the Spirit in me, not striving, but saying, Father, your Spirit in me, Holy Spirit, you in me would produce the fruit of self-discipline so that I can come into alignment and live the way you desire for me to live versus trying to strive to make it happen. Personally, I need to remind myself and go through this process almost on a daily basis when I wake up in the morning and I say, okay, Lord, am I believing what you're saying about me today? It, it, have, I, have, I, have I set my heart, my heart and my mind on things above today, or am I just going through the motions one more day? And if, if man, I don't, I don't understand how years and years go by in the blink of an eye, and then you look back and you're like, man, it's been three years since X, Y, or Z. It's been 10 years since X, Y, and Z, and time just flies. And for some reason, we get caught in just that perpetual cycle and this happens when our, in our thought processes and our beliefs. Sometimes we just get caught in these places where we're believing things about ourselves, and we're forgetting that there's a greater mission to, to be a part of that the Father has invited us to. And I believe the Lord wants to shift that to a daily realization and a remembrance of who we are and what our purpose is here. Because we all get caught in that cycle and we get sucked in by that like worldly riptide and it pulls us away and pulls us out. And we try so hard to like swim back, you know? And so I believe the Lord wants to, to show us today how we can do that. And, and I believe he wants to establish this as a discipline in our lives. And so what I'm talking about is bringing our thoughts under the judgment of the word. Bringing our thoughts under the judgment of the word. So Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 through 13 says this, For the word of God is alive and active. Let me just stop real quick. That word there is logos, which is attributed, attributed to Christ in John chapter 1, where it says, In the beginning was the word, the logos, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. So that logos, 
word, that understanding, the, the utterances, the speech, the divine saying, all of these definitions, uh, true revelation, fullness of understanding, all of that became manifest as a person, Christ, on earth. And so Christ ultimately is the Logos. He is full understanding and full reason and full logic and the fullness of revelation of who God is concerning all things, all wisdom and all knowledge and all understanding from the beginning of time all the way throughout eternity. Like that's kind of hard. I don't know if that's hard for you to grasp, but I'm trying to really nail down what this means and who this is. And so there have been utterances and sayings that have been written down that we call scripture and we read the Bible but then there's also divine word, which is spoken word, which is also called rhema, and that too is Christ speaking. So everything goes back to Christ. It's the knowledge and the understanding, the wisdom that we gain because of the spirit in us that's been revealed to us by God the Father through his Son, by the power of his Spirit. So the word of God is living and active. Christ is active. Christ is living. His words, that which he has spoken and that which he is speaking, is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Let's just say that it reaches deep. It reaches very deep. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've been praying for something, you've been listening, and then the Father just speaks something to you, and you like physically like jerk. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had that happen. I've had that happen. I'm like, oh, God. And he just hits me with something. And I believe that's that, that dividing that's happening. And so it says, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And so here's where I think this the, the, the application really comes into play. Now, what does it truly mean to bring your thoughts and the attitudes of your heart under the judgment of God? You know, I used to read this, and I used to say, oh, yeah, I've experienced that. You know, it's like where you're reading the Bible, and something jumps off the page, and you're like, oh, that's good. And then I thought, I thought, well, what if there's a more active participation in the judgment that's taking place? What if I made a discipline of submitting my thoughts and the attitude of my heart to the Father for judgment so that he could look at it and divide it from being soulish thoughts and soulish ways and dividing it from being spirit thought and spirit ways. Because what do we talk about? We see ourselves through a certain lens, and oftentimes it's not very good, and oftentimes it doesn't line up with what the Father is saying about us. And so we are in direct opposition to what is true and what is reality according to the way God has commanded it and said so and the way that he's established in his kingdom because what he says goes regardless of if you're already in agreement with it or not if he says you're righteous in Christ you're righteous in Christ even if you don't feel or think righteous in Christ but the beauty is that you can step into agreement with that, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And it's for freedom the Lord has set you free. And so we can submit our thoughts for judgment. Now let me just tell you that there was a time where uh, I was having a bit of a, of a rub with a brother in Christ. And 
you know, face to face, we, we had some conversation and, and felt like maybe we got to a good place. And next thing you know, I'm up at four in the morning and I'm thinking about the situation. And so apparently I wasn't in a good place concerning the situation. And so all of a sudden I start to feel and sense in my, in my body a physical reaction to what is happening in my mind. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Have you ever had a thought that affects you physiologically? I mean, have you ever felt fear? Have you ever felt anger? Have you ever felt anger rise up and you begin to shake? That which is happening in your mind has the power to affect your body physically. And it's so very important that we, we beat that flesh into submission and that we take a moment and we don't allow our flesh, our soul, our, our mind, our thoughts to rule what is true and right, to influence it one or the other way. We can submit those thoughts and those attitudes to the Father for judgment, and he will show us whether or not we're acting according to the Spirit or we're acting according to the flesh. We have control over our mind and our thoughts by the Spirit in us. The body is ruled by the soul. The things we think, our mind, will, or our emotions affect our body. Have you ever worried so much you made yourself sick? Right? What do they say is one of the number one killers is stress. Heart disease, anxiety, insomnia. It's all happening because of our thoughts. Now, I understand there are chemical things and some of those other things. But for the most part, we can become so stressed, we make ourselves sick. We can become so angry at somebody that we allow a root of bitterness to spring up in us so that every time we see that person, you get that shot of anger and weirdness in your body and you want to avoid them or you want to confront them. The things we think can affect us physiologically. So then how do we control the things we think? We submit it to a higher authority. We submit it to the Father. We submit it to the Word that has power, that is sharp enough to divide it and to bring it into submission. So in this moment where I'm laying here and I'm thinking about this, this situation and I'm beginning to feel this anxiety and this anger and I realize I'm bitter and I'm starting to think all these things, I'm starting to get prideful, well, I just know more than them. Well, they just haven't had the revelation that I've had, you know, and I, I begin to think of them less. And by the grace of God and the Spirit in me, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. These thoughts are not of God. And so very simply, as simple as simple can get, I began to communicate to the Lord and I said, this is what I'm thinking. Here are my thoughts. Jesus, I just said, I was just thinking that I'm better than this guy. And, it, and, I, and I feel so upset and and I feel like I'm right and he's wrong. And I feel like I'm being loving and merciful and I feel like they're being religious. And the Lord was showing me in that moment that even though I may be right in that situation, it doesn't give me the right to boast. And so what he showed me was a boastful heart, the soul, boasting in my flesh. He showed me spiritual arrogance. You think that you know it all. But just because you may have more knowledge, you can have knowledge and if you have not love, it's worthless. And so I begin to submit these thoughts to the Lord. And I'm like, God, I'm having a bad attitude towards this situation. Will you judge these thoughts 
and show me as to whether or not I'm thinking in alignment with your spirit and with what you say. And he said, you're not acting in your spirit, you're acting in your flesh. I said, okay. And then I said, well, then what now do I believe? And he began to reveal to me the heart and the issues under the surface. Not the words that were spoken, but the heart that led to the words to be spoken. And when the Lord showed me that, he filled me with grace and love and mercy. And I said, okay, Lord, that's how I will, I will see this situation from now on. And I was able to get some freedom. But what the Lord did in that situation was very simple, was I submitted my thoughts and my heart for judgment. And it's sometimes hard in the heat of the moment to be able to do that. And I've, I have uh, admittedly been in arguments with other individuals and been like, are you acting in the spirit right now or is this your flesh? It's not the way to go about it. But honestly, what before was just a scripture that I thought was just this thing that, oh yeah, that's good, yeah, he judges and you know, yeah, good job, God, like, yeah, you're great became a practical, applicable situation that I can see as a discipline. And so what the way the Lord wants us to function is to continually submitting ourselves to the word, the true reality of understanding and knowledge and reason manifest through Christ. And he wants us to continue to submit ourselves to that. So then when we start thinking again, when I say you're a carrier of heaven and automatically something in you says, I don't feel like a carrier of heaven. You say, Lord, I don't feel like a carrier of heaven. Would you judge that thought? And he'll say, that is your soul or that is the religious spirit in you or that is the spirit of inadequacy or whatever thoughts we're coming, we're allowing to rule our mind and our heart. He'll judge it and then divide it and then say, but this is what the Spirit says. And he'll speak that to you. And when you allow him to speak that to you in that place of intimacy and humility, he's going to do a work that wasn't able to do before when we weren't submitting it. We're just mulling over it and allowing it to be a common part of our thought process. And when we allow thoughts that are untrue about who we are in Christ to live and grow, they become strongholds. But what does scripture say about strongholds? Romans, well, let's go back, sorry. I'm skipping ahead, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of of strongholds. Another version says, for the destroying or the breaking down of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. That is the process of submitting thoughts and attitudes and intentions happening in the secret place, and we bring them to the Lord, and we say, you divide this and you sort this out. Because I'm at war within myself, just as Paul said. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. What a wretched man I am. Who will save me from this body of death? But thanks be to our Lord Jesus Christ. And so just for those of you who are, who are um, 
who want to know what goes in these blanks. The question I had earlier was, are we soul thinking or are we spirit thinking? And it's really simple, and it's a really simple discipline that we can submit that to the Father, and we say, show me what I'm doing. Show me what's happening in this, in this body, in this mind, my will and my emotions. I need you to judge that out. I need you to, to figure that out and sort that out. Because the things that we think determine what we believe, and the more things that we think and it becomes a reality, even if it's false reality, can become a stronghold. And so I want to talk real quick just about what a stronghold is. A stronghold is a fortified, like a fortified military stronghold or a strong-walled fortress. It's a military term. So if you've ever seen, like, uh, let's say, Lord of the Rings. Some of you aren't going to know, but this movie, like my wife has never seen Lord of the Rings, um, or any of the Star Wars movies, you know, as a matter of fact. But um, there are these great battle scenes in, these, in this movie, and it's just this beautiful, uh, this beautiful image of, like, Good versus evil, of course, good triumphs, but the the evil comes against these walls and it and so the castle the the this this kingdom has these fortified walls and there are multi levels of defenses and then the there are watchmen who sit upon the wall and they see when the enemy's coming, they rally the troops to then attack the enemy as he comes, and there's these fortresses, these strongholds. And so the stronghold in this situation is a, we, we need to demolish these strongholds is what scripture is telling us. And then we have divine power to demolish strongholds. So there are certain thought patterns that we've employed for long amounts of time that have physiologically and spiritually affected the way that we function in this world and in his kingdom. And I believe he's saying, just as I saw when I was, when I was praying, that he's just going to let those walls just crumble to the ground that these thought processes that we've had for so long that have held us down, that have made us feel inadequate, that have made us feel hopeless, that have made us doubt or question God, whatever it may be, that he wants to break those down and do something new. And so I began to think about this, and it just reminded me of Joshua 6, Joshua chapter 6, verse 20. And you guys know the story. These are the walls of Jericho. And I just want to read it because I believe it, it's just a beautiful picture. It says, so the troops shouted and the trumpets sounded. So there was praise and there were the, 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 the blowing of the horns, the shofars, and a group of people coming together in unison, in one accord, and crying out, Right? And it says, when they heard the blast of the trumpet, the troops gave a great shout and the wall collapsed. That there's supernatural divine power to tear down strongholds. That the, the Israelites approaching this fortified city with strongholds all the way around, not knowing how they would tear down these walls, inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, walk around seven times, and on the last day, walk around seven times, right? One a day, and then seven times the last day, blow the horns, give a shout. And so through obedience and through diligence, they did what the Lord had commanded, and lo and behold, the fortified walls crumbled at the sound of praise and horns. 
that there was a kingdom dynamic, a divine power that could demolish a stronghold that was seemingly impossible to demolish. And so interestingly enough, the writer in the New Testament uses this analogy and says we have divine power to demolish strongholds and that we can, by the Spirit in us, continually submit our thoughts and our attitudes to the judgment of the word and we approach the Father and we approach his throne boldly to receive grace and mercy and we say, judge my thoughts, Father. Judge my attitude, Father. Show me right from wrong. Show me, right, this is ultimately what the Spirit of God was to do in us. Eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was giving us the power to discern good and evil, but even though we would discern it, we'd not have the power to act out and live what is good and right. We depend on the source of all knowledge and understanding, of all knowledge of good and evil, the Logos, and we submit ourselves to that judgment, and then he infuses us with true understanding, true wisdom, and true knowledge concerning all things, and then we submit to that, and then we live out in freedom, and we live according to the Spirit, which allows us to do what is right, and to do what is righteous in the eyes of God. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's the Spirit of God that works in us and wills us forth to do the will of God. So we have to source, as Christ did, from the heavenly place to live out our call and our purpose on earth as carriers of heaven, divine power, love, mercy, grace, forgiveness, healing, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and all the things that we've been tasked with as we move forth and navigate the earth and bring God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so I just want to I want to go back and read real quick Romans 8, 6 through 8. It says, For the mind set on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so I believe this is, um, this is not as much of a warning as it is an act of grace that the Lord would say this. Because ultimately what he's wanting to do is continually conform us to the image of Christ who perfectly every moment of every day of his entire life submitted his flesh that was, it was um, susceptible, it was susceptible to sin, yet in every way he did not sin. And so Christ is, he is the example and he's the one that leads the way and he lived in accordance with the will of the Father every moment of his life and did what we couldn't do for ourselves, and he lived perfectly and now we get that perfect life as a gift so the father sees us perfectly the way he sees Jesus and his spirit is still moving in us to will us forth to live by the spirit in all ways yet sometimes our flesh the soul our thinking our thoughts our attitudes and our heart we we get off course just a little bit and so I believe the Lord in his grace and his mercy just wants to do a little bit of course correction in this he says the mindset on the flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. We have to appeal to the higher authority to inform our thoughts and our intentions and our hearts. And so we must continually bring all of that under the judgment of God. Have I said it 50 different ways enough to where it makes sense now? Possibly. So Lord, what do we do next? 
Let's pray. I don't have direction for this time. And so we're going to appeal to the Father, and he'll show us what we need to do now. So, Father, we, I think admittedly all of us in this room have allowed thoughts that aren't in alignment with who you say we are. God, that maybe we've not, um, we've allowed those thoughts to rule us and guide us and govern us. We've not submitted to the governorship, (laughs) the governing of the Spirit. God, maybe we've heard this this statement that we're carriers of heaven, and we just, we're trying to figure out how we're going to believe that and live that out. Um, we're, We're trying to figure out how we're going to start thinking of ourselves that way, and we're, we're trying to figure out how we're going to convince ourselves that, that we are adequate and that we are the righteousness of God and that we are on mission and that we do have all that we need and that the power of God does live in us and we will be proclaimers of the gospel. We, we will go to the nations. We will be witnesses of who you are, God. So, Lord, we, just, we want to submit all of that to you in this time. And, Father, we just want what you want for us. God, we want to shift our thinking. We want to shift our sourcing. We want to say yes to you. We want to bring all that we've thought and said about ourselves, and we just want to bring that to be judged by you. And so we're going to do that that now, Lord. And so what we're going to do right now is we're we're going to expose the lies of the enemy is what we're doing. And so... As something is spoken that is untrue about who you are in Christ, would you just just say that out? And we're just can, we're giving these thoughts to the Lord for judgment. And so, just as the Lord puts something on your heart, exposing the lies of the enemy. Unworthiness. Stupid. Kindness is weakness. You're not good enough. Anger. Anger. You're not doing enough. You're too old. (laughs) Abraham birthed the nation. Amen. Hundred years after, hundred years old. And then some. You're not qualified. You're evil. You're not lovable. You're too dark. Prayer is only marginally powerful. You're too judgmental. I've got one. You're not saying anything, and so you're not really as holy as all the other people in this room. You can't. You're too broke. Your lingering sin disqualifies you. You're a hypocrite. You shouldn't speak because you have no influence. God has forgotten you. 
that idea is not from God. Lord, thank you for your judgment on every single one of those thoughts as being a ploy from the enemy and agreeing with the soul to that which is not true. So let's just begin to proclaim what the Lord is saying about us. And just as you feel led, just speak it out. And this is the proclamation that tears down strongholds as we agree with what is true about what the Father is saying, it we speak it out, and it replaces, replaces and not only replaces, but demolishes those old things because they're weak and they have no root and no foundation. And so just begin to speak out what God is saying about who we are. You are worthy. Amen. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The Father says, I know and I love you. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes. You are chosen. You are of the royal family. You are completely accepted. I have given you my strength, and my strength is greater than all the might of the world. There is a trust fund for every assignment, and you access it through trust. <laughs> you are never too broke. My power is bigger than the enemy's power. All sufficiency. I've got your back. Father, what else are you saying to your people? You are safe in me. You are always accepted by me. You have the glory that I gave my son. Oh, yes, my power is made perfect in weakness. I just hear the Lord saying, let the little children come to me. You are his children. The blood of Christ is enough, not your works. For such a time as this. I created you just as you are. I created you with a purpose. You are not only your job title. You're in this place for a reason. For such a time as this. Linda? Anything else? You are mine. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Get your lungs ready. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay. Yes.
right. Um, as I was sitting there, as everyone was sharing before Pastor Jason started to preach, and um, I was led to write these lyrics. Um, the song is called Victory Song. It says, break these walls, let them fall. I'll stand aside so you can cleanse it all. Break these chains, let them fall. I'll lift you up. Through you, I will never fall. Break these walls, let them fall. I'll stand aside so you can cleanse it all. You are my victory. Take this battle from me and fill me with your glory. You are my heart's fire, and I want the flames higher. You are my victory. Your triumph is all I need. You are the air I breathe. You are the life within me. Sound the drums. March to the sight of your glory. God Almighty, please break these walls. Let them fall. I'll stand aside so you can cleanse it all. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to believe the Father for divine power to demolish strongholds. And Lord, we just thank you for the judgment on our thoughts, knowing that they are not of you. And we just ask for your spirit to lead us and guide us to receive everything that was just said. And so just as an act of worship, and just as an act of saying yes and amen, we're going to shout and proclaim. We're going to blow a horn, and we're just going to lift up a heavenly noise to the Father. And so just like your favorite football team just scored the winning touchdown for the Super Bowl. (laughs) Let's be foolish and undignified before the Lord in just full belief that he is who he says he is and that we can do what he says that we can do by his power in us. And so stand up so you can get it from the gut. And again, this is functional ministry. It's not designed to be attractive, but to accomplish a purpose. And so regardless of how foolish or silly you think you may look, the function is in the obedience of saying yes, Lord, and proclaiming together. And so go ahead and get a, get a good rip going on that, and I'll say one, two, three, and we'll all shout, okay? Yep, go for it. Yes, one, two, three. All right. That's okay. Oh, man. Thank you, Father. We'll just pray. Thank you, Father, for just the shouts of praise coming from your people and just the joy that has filled our hearts of coming together and just submitting to you, God, corporately confessing and, and allowing for judgment to come over the things that we've believed that are not of you. God, I thank you that you are infusing truth and reality and identity as carriers of heaven, as vessels of glory, as ambassadors of Christ, as the chosen vessel for the continuation of the mission of Jesus Christ on the earth until he returns. We say yes, Lord, to all that you've created us for, and we say yes and amen to all that you've spoken over us, and Lord, let those 
strongholds crumble, Father God. And if we begin to get back into that same thought pattern, we remind ourselves of who we are and we rejudge those thoughts. We, 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 we talk about the judgment that has already been made on them and we speak that and say those have already been judged as the enemy, as the flesh, and we're going to continue to stand and walk in the identity that you've given us, Lord. And so we just thank you, Father to just seal it, God, by your spirit in us, seal it. And we just may, we ask, Father, that it be, it be manifest on the earth as it is in heaven, that that new reality would go out, Father, and it would be manifest in all of our lives, Father, that it would affect our homes, our, our spouses, our relationships, our children, our workplaces, our places of ministry, the streets we walk and drive, the places we shop and eat and live and dine and play, and all of those places, God, would be places where your glory would emanate and disappear from us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.